Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Biblical Racism Podcast number three. During this podcast, we'll be looking at the sons of Noah. If you have seen uh, my Zoom cast with my friends Marie and Erwin Sarazen on Facebook, then you'll know that this is going to be a more in-depth look into the Bible using more scripture, more of the word of God into this issue. And we're going to go over again, for some of you who this might be the first time, why we're doing this podcast and why we're doing the Zoom cast on Facebook. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 10 and verse 1. This is sometimes called the Table of Nations because it deals with the three sons of Noah and where they went to after the flood and how the early nations were broken down. Just some background. We all came from Adam and Eve and then the flood took place, wiped everybody out except for Noah, Mrs. Noah, his three sons and their wives. So once again, we all came from Noah. In that sense, we are all brothers and sisters. We are all, all of us who are in Christ, our brothers and sisters. But in the human sense, all of us who are living human beings are all brothers and sisters. Genesis 10 says, now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood. So before we dig into the scripture, I wanna go over the parameters that uh, we have set out here to mention. Number one, the Bible is our authority for faith and practice. Number two, and you have to have a standard. Whenever you have a goal that you want somebody to reach, you have to have a standard. And therefore the Bible is our standard. Number two, some pastors and churches have humanism mixed in with their Christianity. And that's only natural. We're all sinners in this world. We all make mistakes. We're all human. So things tend to break down if they're not kept up. One of the laws of thermodynamics. So even as we go through this world, Christianity left by itself will tend to break down and will tend to spoil if it's not kept up by Christians refreshing themselves daily in the word of God and studying the word of God and pointing out error when they see it. And not only pointing out error, but congratulating accomplishment when they see those two as well. So with humanism mixing in with Christianity, that's how errors arise in the church. In fact, people may wonder how come there's so many different churches around with so many different names. Didn't Jesus Christ just start one church or wasn't there just one church or assembly that God has started? And so for other reasons, there are, there are some other reasons, but one of the reasons is errors crept into the church. And therefore you have all these schisms out here of different churches because of errors crept. Another reason is because sometimes the main church or the main body goes wrong and therefore People break off from that and say, I'm going to start my own because the main group that I was with 
no longer follows the word of God. So that can also be that in the case. So we want to teach the truth. In fact, I do not know, and I've talked with several friends about this, I do not know anywhere in America where this truth from the Bible is being taught at this depth of level. And we're going to get deep into it. So this is, if you if deep kind of bores you and, and messes you up there, you might want to just watch the Zoom cast because we're going to get deep into it. So number one, the Bible's our authority. Number two, humanism has crept in the church. And therefore, uh, with humanism comes racism. It'll be one of these days we'll have a lesson on humanism, the first sin in the Bible, or one of the very first sins in the Bible that led to all these religions that are not serving the Lord. But I even have, I have many pastor friends, uh, many friends who are white, white pastor friends, black pastor friends, and they have asked me, what do you think? I want to know, what do you think? I, I'm not that person always come up and just say what I think. I'm usually very reluctant to just come out and say it and say, hey, here's my opinion. But nevertheless, they asked me, and so to help them, to help my friends, to help my family members who may be listening, nieces, nephews, cousins, uncles, aunts, whoever may be listening at this time, I want to explain it out for you that and let you know what the Bible says about racism. Number three, salvation is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. That's where it comes from. And we also ought to do a lesson on John 3.16 because the solutions for America and the solutions for our racial problem is also in John 3.16. But I just want to let you know out there that heaven is through Christ and Christ is the only way. Not church, not any Bible college, none of them can take you to heaven. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And number four, I added, just for this broadcast, but I want to put this in here because sometimes people get this thought that we're only here to cut down, criticize, hurt, destroy, get likes on Facebook, get a um, certain amount of listens and and hearings and plays on Spotify, but that's not what it's all about. So number four, this piranha put down here, and let you know that God has richly blessed. That's it. There is no bitterness. There is no anger. There is no hate on my part or any of my friends' part toward any white pastor, preacher, or teacher. Now, that didn't used to be the case. It used to be the case I was right there with some of you. Some of you deciding to protests, um, protests turning into riots, riots turning to violence. I was there when I first discovered some of these things that were happening in America and what some people were telling me and what I found out to be so. I was right there. I was upset. I was mad. I was bitter. But that didn't serve me any purpose. What does bitterness do? Bitterness is a very unique quality in that bitterness only injures the vessel that carries it. Isn't that something? Bitterness injures the vessel that carries it. So I want to reach out to you Christians, and especially you black Christians who may be bitter, who may be upset, who may be thinking things are unfair 
in America today don't live that way. That is no way to live the Christian life. And if you're not a Christian, you should become one, but that's still no way to live the life. It's a life of hate and bitterness. Jesus will keep you sweet. But I meet so many black Christians and other Christians too, who are just bitter and discouraged and hurt and some rightly so as far as I understand why you got bitter, understand why you're hurt, understand why you're discouraged because something that somebody did was unfair. Yes, it was unfair to you. Yes, I agree with you. That was unfair. It should not have taken place, but nevertheless it did. So Lord willing, pray, those of you who are Christians listening to this, pray that God will lead me maybe to cover some of these things. God, I want to be a help. I want to be a help to those who are listening. And if I can't be a help to you, then why this podcast? I want to be a help to you. So I want this podcast to be a help. So maybe I'll teach you about bitterness and my story, my testimony, what happened to me, how I became bitter and how I got out of it. Those of you in Black Lives Matter or, or something similar to that, in the protests, in the rioting, in, in something similar to that, just speaking out to you, that's not the way to live. There's a much better path. So this podcast is for everybody out there, and I just want to be a help to you. Would you be a victor over every foe? Conquer every trial in this old world below. Overcome temptations that each day you meet. Keep in touch with Jesus. He will keep you sweet. Before we get into Genesis chapter 10, let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Then we'll get deep into the word of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you just open up the hearts and minds, the people listening to me now. I'm nothing. You are everything. And I want to be a help. My friends who do the Zoom cast with me also want to be a help and a blessing to others. So may this podcast be that. A help encouragement, a blessing, and uplifting to others who may be discouraged or hurt. Open our eyes that we may be able to see wondrous things out of thy law. Thank you for your blessing upon us. Help us now as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to teach this passage to you the way I was taught it in Bible college. The passage lists Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sometimes in the Bible, the oldest son will be listed first. Out of respect for the oldest son, the oldest son inherited majority of the wealth of the father. But in this case, I believe it switched that Shem, the youngest son, is listed first. Is that because Shem was a father of the Israelites? I'm not sure about that. That's a good reason. But we'll go with the oldest son first. And that is Japheth. His name is pronounced Japheth in Hebrew. He went to Gomer and Magog. He is the elder son of Noah. And we know that by Genesis 10.21. His name means white. He settled the coastal islands of the Mediterranean 
and north into Europe and Asia. He is a father of the white people, Japheth. So either you are of Japheth or you are of Ham or you are of Shem. Let's look at the middle son, Ham, pronounced Kam in Hebrew. His name means sunburnt or black. His kingdoms were Cush, Mizraim, Foot, and Canaan. He is the middle son. He settled the southern regions. Therefore, Ham is the father of the black people. The youngest son, Shem, pronounced shame in Hebrew. His name means olive or swarthy or tight skin. His kingdoms were Elam, Asher, Fraxat. Being the youngest son, he stayed in the Middle East regions. He is the father of the Jewish people. So these are the table of nations and the three races that came from Noah. So let's go over it again. Japheth and his name means white. So Japheth is the father of the white people. Again, Ham, his name means black. So Ham is the father of the black people. And then Shem, his name means olive. So he is a father of the Jewish Middle Eastern people. It was intended by God that none of these races should mix. According to Acts 17, verse 26, and he hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So that verse was used to show that God determined that each one of the races would stay within their limits and they would not intermarry. So Japheth could only get married to a Japhethite. People of Ham could only get married to Hamite and people of Shem could only get, get married to a Shemite. So that was the explanation that white folks should not marry black folks. Black folks should not marry white folks and Hebrews, Israelites, should not marry black folks or white folks. The only thing was that when I was in college, I noticed many preacher boys, white preacher boys, who for some reason could not find a wife in the four years while we were there, but they were headed to Mexico to be a missionary, but they didn't get married, couldn't get married for some reason. And they were headed to Mexico and dating for four years, couldn't find a wife, but there was a Mexican girl who they could find and did date and did get married to. And the thought was, well, if the white girls don't want to go to the mission field and go to Mexico and serve the Lord, and God's called me to go to Mexico to serve the Lord, why don't I just marry the Mexican girl who wants to go back to her own people and go back to Mexico and serve the Lord? So I asked my college leaders about that because they had taught me that the races are not supposed to mix. And the explanation came back to me, well, you understand that uh, Ham is the father of the black people. That's a black race. And then there's the Jewish race, even though it's Hebrew, but Jewish race. And then Japheth, all the other races, the Mexicans, the Asians, uh, Latinos, other folks that are not black and not Jewish belong under Japheth. So therefore, it's okay for somebody under Japheth to marry somebody who is Mexican because all of them conveniently belong under that race. And then they had a Jewish girl come who got saved and she wanted to get married. And guess what? She married a white fellow and they performed the wedding at the church. 
Now, they performed the wedding between the white person and the Jewish person, but they definitely would not perform a wedding between the white person and the black person. Another reason for that is because, and we'll look at this a little bit later, that the Hamites, the Ham race was the cursed race. So if anything, if, if we broke that little rule that we set up there ourselves and there was some intermarriage between the races, it definitely wouldn't be with Ham because that's the cursed race. So definitely, if you're going to mess up and marry somebody outside of your race, do not marry somebody from Ham. So all the Ham folks, the black folks, y'all stay together. Y'all stay in your group. Japheth gets to marry anybody they want, basically. And we tell the Shemites, the Israelites, stay within your group. But if you do go out your group, we'll definitely look over that. So that caused me to question. That would cause anybody to question. That was a teaching that I got from my professors. Now I will go, let's go back into the word of God, that same passage, and look at what that passage really says. We're not going to, if I do give a thought or opinion, I'll, I'll let you know whether there is it that the Bible says it or does not say it, or this is my thought, my 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 opinion here. The name Japheth, I looked it up. I, I studied Hebrew and Greek, so I looked it up. The name Japheth or Yapheth actually means opening or expansion in Hebrew. In fact, it may mean white, but that is a minor definition. Of all the definitions listed that I saw in the Hebrew lexicon for Yapeth, white, if it did appear, and I looked at several references, was at the very bottom of the list. So how could you say that that name definitely means that Japheth was white? His name means opening or expansion. Sometimes the parents would name their children, af children after what they thought the children were going to do, what they hoped the children were going to do, or a condition in which the child was born. Esau, for instance, his name Edom means red. Esau, when he was born, he was red. Jacob, his name means a planter. Did they know back then that Jacob would be such a deceitful fellow and his name be called Supplanter? Read that passage and, and study that for yourself. And you can determine for yourself. But we know Yapith means opening expansion. Did that mean that the white people would uh, migrate and become the largest expanding group, the most expanding group of all the races? Maybe. I'm saying maybe because the Asian population is obviously the largest majority of population in the world. It's not the white population. Does that mean that the, the white people expanded to more geographical regions than anybody else? Could be. But that's nothing to put a hard and fast Bible doctrine on. Another thought. Noah, being one man, how could he have three sons that were three different colors? Once again... This is all conjecture. This is all speculation. It's just a thoughts of one person who what may they thought may have been. I like to ask people who were there about what happened. So if I'm going to find out about Noah, if I'm going to find out about his three sons, I want to go and ask somebody who was there. Let me ask Noah what happened, what his sons were like. Noah never describes the color of the skin of his sons. Why? Why would he have to? That wasn't even an issue back then. So we don't really know for sure. Let me say this right now, and I'll tell you this when I do a Bible study. If I don't know for sure, or it's my speculation or opinion, I'll give it to you and let you know. Hey, 
I'm not afraid about giving opinion or speculation or my thoughts on the idea, but I'll let you know that's exactly what it is. And then I'll let you know, hey, this is hard and fast Bible doctrine. This is what God says, the word of God says here, right here. So I'm letting you know right now, I do not know. It could have been, it could have been true that Noah had three sons of three different colors. And we use the term race. We've also classified that in a previous uh, podcast before. There is no such thing as race, but I use that term race so, so everybody can understand what I mean here. So we don't know. So I had to ask the people there, and that's the Bible account of what Noah, Japheth, Ham, and Shem said. So I go by what they said. So if they didn't really say it, we don't know it for sure. We can speculate all we want. We can theorize all we want, but we cannot put that in as Bible doctrine and say, this is what you believe. This is what you teach. This is what you pass down from church to church, from pastor to preacher boy, from mentor to young man up and coming in the faith. But that's what's been done. And that's what leads to error in the church of Christ. So Ham, pronounced calm. Now his name does mean hot or warm, but the definition of black, sunburn. Once again, I did see some of those in some of the lexicons I looked up and some of the Hebrew dictionaries I was looking at, but that name was, that definition was very far down the list. It means hot and warm. It could have been that he came out darker than the rest of his brothers. There's nothing wrong with that if that did happen, but we don't know for sure. And the regions that he settled was Cush, Mizram, Foot, and Canaan. Now, those regions were not called that when those men went into those regions. The leader usually named the region after himself. So since we don't know the name of the regions back then, probably didn't have a name. These guys were getting there for the first time. They named, hey, I'm getting here to this land. I'm going to name it Cush after myself or Mizram or Foot or Canaan. Or sometimes they named it after a son or sometimes they could have named it after a father. So we're saying that Ham is a father of the black people because the nations that Ham settled into in this area here was the nations that had the black people. So many of this is based upon history, geographical history, and not Bible history. So I also want to point that fact out. We can assume, not with utter certainty, but we can assume with pretty much certainty that yes, these different men and their families settled in these different areas. So Shem, shame in Hebrew. His name means name or renown. Did Noah name him that, realizing that he would be the father of the great Hebrew nation? I don't think so, because Noah doesn't say the reason why he named his son that. And he settled Elam, Asher, and Ephraxad, the youngest son. Now, once again, I looked at my Hebrew lexicons, and Olive does not even appear. So how could... You say that Shane was olive skin when that name does not appear. Ham, the name black appears in a few. And Japheth, the name white, appears way down the list. 
the majority use of the name is the, is the ones I've, gave, I've given you. So some of my observations from what I read in the Word of God, I just want to put the truth of the Word of God out there first, that this is what the Word of God says. I was taught that God separated the races at the Tower of Babel, and they were not to mix or intermarry. Number two, you have three major races in the world, the whites, the Jews, and the blacks. And they are supposed to live separately and they're not supposed to mix. Three, all the other races fell under Japheth. Latin, Asian people all fell under Japheth. Jews can marry Jews, blacks can marry blacks, and whites can marry whites and all other races. Because all the other races that are not Hebrew or black all fall under white Japheth. Number four observation. Special exceptions were granted if a white person married a Jew, but no exceptions were granted if a white person married the cursed race Ham. And we'll have another podcast where we actually talk about the curse of Ham and the curse of King. And observation number five, because Ham was cursed, you definitely didn't want to marry anybody who was black. So this answers a question for many of you. Many of you have asked me. How can we have racism still existing in the Church of Jesus Christ in the year 2020? We had a black president for eight years, and there are still some churches that do not allow black people to get baptized in their church. That's sad. But this is America, and this is a free country, and everybody is free to believe freedom of belief. And your freedoms are not used until somebody who does not believe like you believe expresses their beliefs. So whether that belief is truth or whether somebody is believing error, you still have to allow for belief because that's freedom, the freedom to believe and worship God in one's own way. Whether that's legitimate or that's cultish, whether we're not here for that. We're here because we're free people in America and we have freedom of religion. But you can see what this set up. And once again, we are majoring on the Baptist movement. But I've been to enough churches in different denominations to know that this same teaching also exists in their churches and in their Bible colleges. So the Baptists are not the only ones that practice it, but we wanna call it out. We wanna tell the truth. We wanna say what's right from the word of God. With these beliefs being taught in Bible college as doctrine and passed down from senior pastor to preacher boy, who one day will go out and start a church and open that church and teach these things. And they're not taught every week. They're not taught every sermon. They may be taught in a church maybe once a year. And it may be taught only in non-public meeting, a private meeting. And it may be only taught just amongst the pastors and staff of that church. But we know it's being taught and passed down from generation to generation. And therefore, you have racism creeping its head up in the church of Jesus Christ because of false error teaching. How far does this go? I don't know. 
I know this enough to where people have noticed it. And now people are speaking out against it. We'll look at what the Bible says about some of these things. Is it, these people believe it, is it a cult? Is it just an error? Have they made a huge mistake? We'll look at some of those things in later podcasts, but I just want to lay it out for you right now. These three, the table of nations, where this comes from. Now, the major one that people have used, and they, they use this in slavery time when America was bringing in slavery. By the way, let me say this. America was not the greatest nation that held slaves. There were more slaves held by other peoples and other nations than America ever had, and worse slavery than America. And American slavery was bad. So that's to put just put some things in perspective for you there. Sometimes we're here in America and we think, oh, America's the worst. America's the got so much racism in America right now. And what we, we had in America during slavery time is nothing compared to other nations, other peoples that had held slaves. But we never focus upon that. We always focus upon what's here in America. So we'll go to the number one Bible use, the number one uh, verse that pastors use in the Bible to teach racism, that black people are cursed, that they are supposed to be forever slaves or servants, that you're not supposed to intermarry with them, that you're not supposed to let them reach positions of leadership and let them take over or be in charge or be out in the lead or be up in center and be in front and leaders. And you'll wonder that, say, and you'll see this, not just with the Baptist church, but with other churches as well. You'll see this, uh, huge churches, very few African-Americans in leadership. I'm going to go over that exact verse that's taught in many Protestant denominations across America and why that's the case, okay? Not the only case, but this is the, the number one verse that used for that. So stay tuned for my next podcast. Uh, we will co cover the curse of Canaan. It's been a joy to have you on this broadcast. I hope this has been informative to you.